It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. Glad to be with you again as we are carrying on the tradition that Chuck Neff so ably does on the other days when we are talking about spiritual direction, something to help you in your walk with Christ. Our spiritual directors are with us every day to help you, assist you, and so that you know that there uh, there is hope, there is another step to take in the journey, regardless of where you are in the faith, whether you're just beginning or whether you've been walking with the Lord for a long time or anywhere in between. The Inner Life is here to help you out with just that. Today, as always, on Fridays, uh, we are talking about Sunday's Gospel. We're talking about the Gospel uh, that's coming up this weekend in Mass, and we'll, in order to do that with us, our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley. Father Hurley is a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California. He graduated from Thomas Aquinas College in 1999 and then entered the Western Dominican Province, which is the province of the Holy Name of Jesus. Currently, he's the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco since 2013. Welcome, Father. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Patrick. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. So, um, I, I do have to ask before we uh, before we get rolling. How are things out there with you, especially uh, with all the wildfires? Yeah, I, perhaps you. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. I, I'm sure they've made their mm-hmm. way around uh, the internet. Of uh, it was surreal. I, I said uh, it was a little bit of a, a, a the twinge of the apocalypse here the other day on on Wednesday. The sky was just this burnt orange red, which. The photos really couldn't capture the the true kind of hue of of the eye. Uh, the first thing I thought of is the moon will turn to blood in Revelation or something. It was really right. surreal. Um, mm. Just in San Francisco, and 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 today it's it's, it's continued that the air quality is is, is very poor, and it's it, you can maybe a hundred yards ahead of you is the visibility with this kind of a deep marine layer and just mixed with ash. So it's, mm. it's really, a, <laughs> really, it really feels, you know, so, somehow there's a, there's a kind of a, a gloomy <laughs> a tinge to it. But despite that, it's, it was interesting for the gospel this morning, it was St. Paul talking about sharing the good news. And I thought, gosh, in the midst of all this <laughs> doom and gloom and 2020 has been a bit of a bummer overall, <laughs> we're still called to share that good news. And so mm. we're, we're, we're all doing well here in the, in the parish. We're certainly praying for all those uh, whose lives and uh, whose livelihoods and like their homes have, have been threatened and destroyed by these fires. Uh, but we're, we continue to share that good news even in the midst of all that's going on around us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good thing. And I think uh, our, our nation, indeed, in many w- ways is always in need of hope. And uh, especially in these times, there are many things that have afflicted us this year as people are want to share on social media that 2020 has really had its fair share of uh, of afflictions here, especially, uh, well, around the world, really, but especially here in our country, we're aware of so many things that have come. And sharing that good news is an essential part of that. And also an essential part of the good news is forgiveness, which is what we're going to be talking about today, I think. But uh, let's, let's uh, oh, pitch the question to you first, Father. 
So give us a little bit of a, of a setting here. What is this Sunday's Gospel about? Yeah, as you put it in a nutshell, Patrick, it's really about forgiveness. And in some ways, what forgiveness is not, <laughs> what it is, and the, the, the ways in which there's both an opportunity uh, for forgiveness to be transforming, but also at the same time, the obligation <laughs> to forgive just as Christ forgiving. So it's, there's a kind of a, a kind of a a wide sweep of, of the kind of the, the power and the opportunity and the challenge of forgiveness in today's gospel. And of course, Jesus does it just with, with a very uh, sensible kind of parable that, that really kind of pulls us into a, in a narrative way to engage and wrestle with the question of how we can forgive and how we are called to forgive. Mm, absolutely. And maybe just talk a little bit about, too, uh, what, why is forgiveness such an important part? Not Obviously, we, I think we as Christians understand the forgiveness of the Lord is an essential part of our reconciliation with the Father, the forgiveness of our own sins. Oftentimes, I think we tend to look at that as our own personal sins. But even though we pray the Our Father, I hope, at least daily, where we say, you know, well, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I think yeah. sometimes we don't really understand the the essential nature, the essential importance of forgiveness, of our forgiving others as well. Why is it so important to the Christian life, Father? Yeah, no, that's an excellent insight, Patrick. It's, it's the idea that forgiveness is not just kind of, I don't know, grinning and bearing it and kind of, or checking off a box, you know, saying this is, I'm, I want to do something that's good or or even like gaining like heavenly credit, like, okay, I'm going to do something I really mm. don't want to do so that God will like bless me as if it's um, somehow extrinsic or exterior to the action itself. The number one reason why we are called to forgive is because we are called to be like God. <laughs> God, so desperately who creates us, wants to, after the fall, heal us, and not just heal us, but to bring us up to, if you will, as, a, as far as a creature is able, possess the fullness of his life within us. And the only way to do that is to do as he did, right? And, and so the, 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 the number one reason to forgive is because by forgiving, we become like God. <laughs> and that's, that's the bottom line. It's not, it's not any kind of extra credit or just kind of grin and bear it. The Lord knows it's best for us. The way he's created us to be is if we are the kind of being <laughs> that can, in a sense, imitate him in showing mercy in showing love where there is absence of love or where there's that lack of love. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what forgiveness is all about. Well, we will definitely get into that. But with that as a foundation, Father, I think we're ready to hear Sunday's Gospel. So if you would read through this Sunday's Gospel for us, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. Okay, so we just, everyone just take a deep breath and we open our hearts a reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servant. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, 
and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Move with compassion. The master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the tortures until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. And praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, uh, pretty hefty words here. I'm guessing we could get at least two hours out of this uh, Gospel uh, here, and so we're not... uh, we're we're already looking at our time, so I'm going to go ahead and invite you, listeners, to call in. Listeners, become callers. Call in. Do you find forgiving others difficult? When was a time when you forgave someone in a very difficult situation? We'd love to hear your story and let it inspire us and others. What was it like to forgive someone in a very difficult situation? Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email. Our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, much more about this Sunday's Gospel and about forgiveness with Father Michael Hurley, who is our spiritual director. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans is available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Chuck Neff, and we are talking, as always on Fridays, about Sunday's Gospel lesson with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, O.P., a Dominican of the Western Dominican Province, the province of the Holy Name of Jesus. He was ordained in 2007, and he served in parishes on the West Coast currently at St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. So, Father, you just read Sunday's Gospel for us, uh, a lot about forgiveness in there and the importance of forgiveness in the, in the Christian life. Let's start just with the question of, let's compare and contrast, if you will, the, uh, the statement of Peter, uh, must I forgive as many as seven times, and Jesus' response, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. What's going on here? 
Well, I, you know, personally, I'm I'm up to seventy six times, so I only have to forgive one more time. So I'm I'm, I'm excited. Shall about I sin that. against you so you can so you can hit that cap? <laughs> exactly. I've, I've been tracking it very 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 carefully. Yeah. No. I think I think we part of the difficulty of forgiveness is that it would it, well. I'll, I'll say it this way: it'd be a lot easier if forgiveness was just kind of a one and done thing, where we could in a moment say, okay, I want to let this go. I choose to let it go. Do all the right things. And then just by that sheer act of will, that, that, would, that would be it. And I think that's what Peter is, is getting at. You know, if, if there's, I'm, I'm, at, in any one moment, I feel like I can maybe summon the strength and the courage necessary to let go of a, a moment of hurt or, or to bring love where, where it's lacking, which is that sense of forgiveness. But forgiveness really is a kind of process. And this is what Jesus is getting at when he says, that it's uh, 77 times, or another translation, seven times seven. And here, the, the number seven is, is symbolic, right? We know in the scriptures, uh, numbers aren't just uh, numerical kinds of things often. They, they have a deeper spiritual significance. And, of course, the number seven in Hebrew, uh, Shiva, is that number for the days of creation, right? A seven, is, it means oath, or, or in other contexts, covenant. And so what Jesus is saying is the fullness of God's oath to the world, that is the days of creation, which symbolize that sense of perfection or completeness, um, is how we ought to forgive. It's, it's a process which is only found in the, in the completeness of choosing it again and again and again and again, even into the eternal now of, of, of our eternal destiny of heaven, we will be forgiving all the way up to the gates of heaven, right, in order that we might receive that forgiveness there. And so, um, and in some senses, it makes sense if we think about love as a uh, forgiveness, I should say, as a kind of love. If I said to someone who I care about, a family member, a loved one, you know, I love you, and they take that not just in this moment— <laughs> But as, as, as into the future as well, if you said to your wife or your husband, I love you, and you meant just in this particular moment, they would, it, it, but tomorrow the off bets are off, they would think you're silly. <laughs> in, in the same way, when you say, I forgive you, um, what we're really implying, what Jesus is calling us to consider is that forgiveness is not just for that moment, but it's got to be a conscious choice again and again and again. And I know I've I've known my own experience of life. It can be that can be difficult because <laughs> there's a sense in which any feelings or emotions might come up later on, where I think, gosh, I'm still hanging on to this. Somehow I haven't forgiven completely or perfectly yet. Whereas the case is, there's in the same way you can't completely or fully love someone in just one moment. It takes a lifetime for that love to grow and mature. So, too, forgiveness is a kind of process that will never be complete, just like love is never complete, all the way up into the, to the last moment of, of our life on earth. We're continually called to forgive, and it's not because our forgiveness is weak. It's because it is by nature who we are, a kind of process that calls us again and again and again. And so this is what Jesus is, is challenging us to think about, that it's not just a one and done, but it, it itself is that process of love to show love in the face of lack again and again and again. Hmm. Wow, what a great explanation, a great exegesis, if if I may, for, from Father Michael Hurley, who is our, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. And we're talking about forgiveness as given to us in this Sunday's Gospel reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew. If you would like to tell us about a time when you forgave someone, 
or maybe somebody forgave you in very difficult circumstances, please give us a call, share the story, help others to be inspired by that. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, Father, you made a great connection there between uh, love being not just for the moment, but it's a process that we grow in love. We're meant to grow in love throughout the course of our earthly lives, and we're supposed to grow in forgiveness throughout the course of our earthly lives. But here's one of just from uh, an observation from someone on on you know in in everyday life is that uh, oftentimes when when I say I love you to my wife. Um, there's something, some feeling within me that has prompted that. Now, not always. I, I have to be, of course, I want to tell her I love her, even when I'm not feeling that love, right? Um, well, same thing with forgiveness, though. And I'm noting that even in our gospel passage, um, the master is moved with compassion. Um, and uh, later on, it, uh, the master is asking the unforgiving servant, should you not have had pity? Which I realize pity isn't just a feeling and neither is compassion. But it sounds like there's some feeling that needs to go there. And sometimes sins are pretty profound when we're, when we're sinned against and we don't feel like forgiving. What's the connection there, Father, between feeling and forgiveness? Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you, you put it right, right, on, right on the mark in terms of, how our, as human beings, our emotional life is meant to assist us in the life of virtue, right? And yet, as we, as you often, as you say, we often experience a, a an emotion which is contrary to the virtue or the choice we know we ought to make. And so, I think there is a, a sense in which we have to know our emotions go up and down. And in some sense, we're not in control of them. I uh, I'll often say the uh, you know when I do marriage preparation. Uh, I, I talk to couples about you know aspirations and goals that they have to pray as a couple to grow in that love, and to say to say look at the other person right now, you you say you love them, but but and that's true, but the person next to you, if you were living a, a real human existence, will be the person who has the most potential to wound you, right? Because mm-hmm. love opens us up in a way that we can be hurt. And if we believe and experience the phrase, no one's perfect, we all fail, it means we will fail, and we will fail to with those whom we love the most. And so forgiveness mm-hmm. is perhaps most called upon the closer we are to that person, right? And so in other words, the more closely we have a, a debt of love or an obligation or a call to love, all the more so there's a call to forgiveness because we wound those who we are closest to the most deeply. If, if someone who I don't know says uh, an unkind thing toward me, I thought, oh, well, they don't really know me, right? If someone were, to, someone were to call up and say, oh, you're a dirty rascal, I'd be like, okay, you don't really know me. But if, 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 my, if my mother called or if a family member or one of my other brothers said, you're a dirty rat, well, and we're in a mean way, that would pierce me deeply, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. the, there's a sense of connection there. And so forgiveness is, I think, all the more uh, needful with those who we have emotional connections with, right? So the, 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 the tie of, of, of emotion and connection calls us to a, a, a more generous sense of response. And because of that, 
there's on the other extreme. So, they, so there's an obligation there in terms of, of how we are moved in, the, in a healthy way. But then, as you say, there are times when we just don't, we're not feeling it, right? And what mm-hmm. we cannot, and I underline cannot, as, as, a, as a confession of spiritual director, I think one of the uh, greatest confusions right now in terms of uh, the spiritual life of, of most folks is to confuse feelings and emotions with virtue and vice. It just, it's, mm. it's, a, it's one of the, the clearest kind of principles that if we could, as, as spiritual actors, we could communicate that and live that in our own life, we'd be a little bit further down the road than sometimes we are. And it's to say that forgiveness is not a feeling. Jesus doesn't call us to like everyone. He doesn't even say we have to, in a sense, kind of hang out with everyone. He, he himself in the Gospels does not show, I would say, emotional affection <laughs> for the Pharisees and the Sadducees at time, right? And yet, clearly, even on the cross, in the midst of uh, the pain, in the midst of his own suffering, his first words are words where he chooses to forgive, despite that emotional <laughs> sense of negativity and low. He says, Father, forgive them, right? And so, on the, on the one hand, our emotions can help us uh, to stimulate that sense of the debt of love we owe those closest to us because they can wound us the most deeply. On the other hand, we cannot confuse feeling for the choice we make to forgive. Forgiveness is not a feeling that's a kind of counterfeit kind of thing. And if we put... All right. Sorry, Father. We have energy. to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Okay. Day four, Mother of Christ, pray for us. The first three titles of Our Lady in the litany begin with the word holy, and now the second section is 14 titles of Our Lady that start with mother, and three of these titles are relatively new to the litany, two of them just added by Pope Francis a few months ago. The litany of Our Lady is also known as the litany of Loreto, a small town on the Adriatic coast in Italy where a major shrine to Our Blessed Mother is located, housing the house of Our Lady from Nazareth, where the Annunciation took place. By angelic intervention, that holy house was moved to Loreto in the 13th century to protect it from the violence of the Crusades. This litany of Our Lady has been prayed there since at least 1531. Today's title, Mother of Christ, tells us just how important Mary is in the whole history of salvation. Mother of Christ, pray for the needs of our church and the nation. Receive these free daily messages by signing up at relevantradio.com slash novena. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Patrick Conley with you, along with Nick Schmitz and Jim Shaper, who are producing the show and taking your calls today. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life as we're speaking about Sunday's Gospel and all about forgiveness with Father Michael Hurley, O.P., a Western Province Dominican. And he received his M.A. in Philosophy and M.A. in Theology from the Dominican School of Philosophy and Theology as well. And so he is with us sharing uh, his own insights into Sunday's Gospel lesson today. And Father, you were just uh, you were talking very profoundly about uh, some of the things that we can do, or some of the ways we can experience that our emotions don't always line up with virtue and vice. You said we oftentimes confuse positive and negative emotions with virtue and vice, and 
I'm thinking especially where emotions play a role in forgiveness. Um, there's innumerable cases where that's true on a person-to-person basis. But today is a very significant day, of course. It's the 19th anniversary of the September 11th attacks back in 2001. And as a nation, uh, we we are in this position of having great evil done to us and in our midst. How are we meant to address the the evils that were done and uh, with an attitude of forgiveness that our Lord seems to be asking us to do, and actually commanding us to do, in the gospel for this Sunday? Yeah, no, Patrick, it's a, it's a great question because our, our normal human instinct is not forgiveness here when, mm-hmm. obviously, we were attacked as a nation and and the agents of, of death and chaos uh, and murder were, were, were present. And that our first instinct is to, def- obviously, to defend our, all good things, but to defend ourselves, to, to seek, you know, some kind of retribution and justice and so forth. And as good as there's kind of many options to, to pursue there, um, if it's not done with a sense of forgiveness or um, open-heartedness and love, <laughs> then ultimately it will fail. The response we want will fail because love is the only thing in the end that can truly transform. <laughs> That's the bottom line, that violence begets more violence begets more violence. Uh, grudges just harden and calcify our, our hearts. It's truly only when we are open to give love that we can truly receive love. It goes back to uh, how we open the show today in, in terms of why does God want us to forgive? Well, not 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 because somehow we're kind of making brownie points or check marks for the kingdom of God in terms of a kind of spiritual currency, but it allows us by very nature to receive the very gifts of God's presence and grace in our lives that he has for us. So so if you just imagine yourself, if if you have, you kind of you take your hands, right? And if you, 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 you take your hands and you kind of grip them tightly and press them to your chest and you say, I'm, I'm going to hold on to the negativity, the resentment, and it all might be true, the ways in which we've been wounded. You don't have to somehow excuse or make less of the real hurt and the real evil that is there. But if we choose to hold on to it, then we are not in a position to receive anything from anyone, <laughs> including our Lord himself, right? And yet the very action of opening our arms, of opening our hands, of letting go, puts us in a position where we can receive the good gifts that our Heavenly Father has for us. And so what's God's kind of agenda or his strategy? He wants open arms, open hearts, open hands, open minds. And the way of doing that is for us, that's what forgiveness is, to open our hearts and our minds and our lives, to let go of those wounds so that mm-hmm. He can be fill us with His grace, and then we can communicate that to others. So the surest sign of knowing we receive God's grace is giving it. If we are not able to give it, it means we're probably not going to receive it. What about those, Father, who would say that there's... Uh... To, to forgive in this situation of uh, just recalling the events of 19 years ago, to forgive in this situation, yeah. that it somehow short-circuits justice, that, that somehow mm-hmm. justice is not served through forgiveness. And quite frankly, even in the individual level, when we're called to forgive, but is justice not being served then? 
Yeah, of course. So, so that's an excellent question because once again, we 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 don't forgiveness is not making an excuse or just overlooking it. This is once again another counterfeit. So there's there's several counterfeits to to forgiveness. One is feelings. <laughs> I, I call them the fears. F E A R. Feelings, excuses, apology, or resolution. None of that is forgiveness. And what you're talking about is excuses. So in, in other words, sometimes we say, oh well. We're just called to forgive, so there's no action we could take towards justice or restitution. Absolutely not. I'll give you the, one of the most famous examples. When the, the person who tried to assassinate Pope St. John Paul II you know, was obviously apprehended, the Pope, in, in a kind of, kind of jaw-dropping moment, forgives him. He didn't say, release him from jail, right? Or he shouldn't, you know, in, in, in a sense... Um, have penance or uh, the, that the, the, the wheels of, uh, you know, restorative justice shouldn't be in place, but he let him know that he wasn't harboring anything, you know, any evil towards him or wish him any malice or wish God's blessing for him to be less in his life. But he went and he visited him in prison, right? He, he went and, and he, he, he forgave him. So forgiveness is not the same thing as just making an excuse or just letting someone off the hook without attending to justice in the same way that mercy and justice are complementary and serve different purposes but towards the same object in God himself. So too, in our own human existence, forgiveness doesn't just mean an easy excuse or just saying, oh, no worries, nothing really happened there. I'll just let's just move on. Forgiveness is choosing <laughs> to let go of whatever animus or evil we would respond with and that doesn't mean we can't respond with justice and actually seeking to uh, nullify a threat against ourselves or, or putting those people in jail. It's like the old criminal justice system can, is, can be filled with a sense of forgiveness and still uh, work towards a kind of justice or equilibrium as we can find it here in our present okay. situation. All right. Okay. Um, well explained. Thank you for that, Father. I appreciate that. <laughs> if, if there are those who are listening who don't think that was well explained or have questions about forgiveness and justice, or if you have a story about your own experience of forgiveness from someone else, or if you yourself was, were able to forgive some somebody, something, some uh, offense that they did against you, give us a call. Tell us the story. 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones now. We have Terry who is calling in from California. Terry, welcome to The Inner Life. Well, thank you. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. It's a great topic that we're talking about because it has affected me dearly and changed my life around because of forgiveness. Um, just to put it in a nutshell, I uh, grew up in um, a domestic violent home. So the anger and the bitterness started at a young age. Um, I fell into drugs to alleviate that pain from my father. Of course, the only person I hurt was myself. Um, to my mother's prayers, she convinced me after being 20 years out of the church to go to confession. And reluctantly, I went. And it was during that time in confession that um, the priest, who's in persona of Christ Jesus, remember him asking me, what is your relationship like with your father, my earthly father? And I broke down. And that's all it took. And I remember I said, I hate him, but I love him because he's my dad. And sorry, <laughs> this has been over 20, 30, 20 years now, and I still can cry. And when I got the forgiveness from Christ himself, it's because I believe that I forgave my dad. And 
me and my dad now have a good relationship. We have our times, but you know what? I have forgiven him from that past that I grew up with, that I can still see my mind's eye a lot of things, but I don't let that bother me anymore like it used to because drugs is what I used, alcohol is what I used to alleviate that pain. But when I forgave my dad, it was through Christ forgiving me, I believe, right at the same time. It was it, it released me from, from the, a year, years and years and years of drugs. And I had a penance of going to church on Sunday. It was my only penance from the priest, Father Dan. Thank you. And I went, and I've never stopped going. I've gone for the last 20 years of my life. I don't miss a Sunday, no matter if I'm on vacation, if I'm visiting somebody. I never miss at least my Sunday Mass. But, yeah, I, I believe the forgiveness from my heart. And I, my heart hurt. It hurt. It had a lot of pain in it. And forgiving my father, you know, in confession, why Jesus was forgiving me from my past, from my life, um, the relationship began so strong, and it's been going ever since. Wow. Thank you, Terry. What a great story. Father, what do you say? Yeah, no, Terry, that, that was a beautiful story. It sounds like you would definitely recommend to anyone who's struggling like you that the, the, the power of the sacraments, huh? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we, and we don't often and think I, that. I, I, I go every I'm Saturday. So that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Very good. yeah I go the Saturday, the Saturday confession uh, once a month. I, I've started that, and I just, wherever I'm at, like I say, I don't miss confession because we all can hold things in our hearts. Things can still happen to us daily. People say something, somebody does something on the road to you, <laughs> you can get angry. Yep. And I just, you know, confession just releases everything. I can't, I can't recommend any better medicine than confession. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, well, well said. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a great question, Terry. Thank you for, well, thank you for, for posing that statement, and and it's a great question, Father. Can you link for us and maybe draw some connections between our regular visiting of the sacrament of reconciliation of confession um, and our own ability to forgive? I mean, Terry's told us a great story about it and just how it worked in her life, but can you can you draw some lines in between those two? Yeah, no, certainly. There, there's a way in which uh, confession not only lets us know it's a good check because if we're going to confession especially on a regular basis or or even if it's been years the process to make a good confession is to examine ourselves right <laughs> and to kind of see where is it in our lives that we are not responding to God's love where are we finding patterns of selfishness emerge that that close our minds and our hearts and so even just the extra spiritual exercise of doing that kind of examination kind of uh, breaks the ice, so to speak. It kind, of, it, it kind of opens us up. And then you put it in the context of, as Terry said, uh, the, the, the priest or the minister of the sacrament in the person of Christ, we allow Christ then to touch our wounds, right? We allow Christ to bring his healing presence there. And confession is not just simply about just kind of like saying, here are all my sins. Okay, God's going to just kind of erase them. It's actually the grace we need, not just to be healed from it, but to be strengthened to do things that we didn't think possible on our own. So I'm sure if Terry had gone to a kind of counselor and talked about past experience and perhaps her struggles with, with, with drugs and so forth, it might have been a kind of cathartic, but it wouldn't have had the grace of Christ there 
to give her the strength to be able to say to her that I, I forgive you, right? In other words, in other words, God's grace takes what is natural to us, the, the kind of emotional cathartic relief of, of just saying where, where we need to be forgiven, and adds the strength of His grace to do more than we thought is possible, and that is to forgive. So as the, as the old saying goes, to, to err is human, but forgive is divine. And we can't, we can't truly forgive unless we experience God's forgiveness in our lives, and the primary way we do that is through the sacrament of confession, of reconciliation and penance. And Terry, would you say that that corresponds with your experience as well? Absolutely. Like I've I've told many friends that have had uh, their teenagers or even adult children that are in drugs. I say, first of all, pray. Second, get them to confession. However, you can do it because through the prayers my mom had being sent said for me from people in the church. I don't know who they are. God knows who they are, so they'll probably be patted on the back up there in heaven, but, you know, because I said I was very reluctant to go, because it's a hard thing to do when you haven't gone for years, and you know what you've done, but, you know, you know, I have to, I say that, I know that I was also being held back and going, because if I, as soon as I made that step towards the light, the darkness was going to start to disperse, and it did immediately. I mean, overnight, I stopped the drug habit. I never went back. I mean, that was something I was living with that I thought I could never live with or live without. It was just a horrible pull on the soul. But God, I'm telling anybody else that's listening, confession, go to confession. It's it's the most, like I say, it's the best medicine I get once a month. Mm, mm, That's so fantastic. Terry, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story with us. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. And if you have a, a story of your own to tell, give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And I love what Terry was saying there, Father, about uh, if you you know take a step toward the light and the, light and the darkness will begin to dispel. And that, that seems to be exactly what's going on here in and around forgiveness, right? Absolutely. I think the devil tries to, to keep us up. Uh, imprisoned or shackled in the illusion that if we were to let go, somehow we would be either further hurt or somehow we would be kind of out of control, right? We, we would not, there'd be some diminishment of our happiness should we take that first step. And so there's mm. confusion, chaos, There's and it really takes, as Terry said, and I love how she attributed it, no doubt it's, it's true, the, the prayers of her mom, right? And so there's, there's a way in which the prayers for our loved ones, our family members, have a tremendous impact, an impact we don't even perhaps realize the power that they have. And so for, for ourselves and those listening, we our prayers for our loved ones to help them take that step, even if we're not experiencing it in ourselves, but our prayers for loved ones who are maybe stuck, how powerful they are. And so they encourage folks, uh, if, if we have loved ones in our lives who really do feel like they just need to take that next step to know that your prayers for your loved ones can be the difference between them taking that step or, or perhaps remaining to be stuck. Yeah, wonderful. Let's, uh, let's take another phone call, Terry. That was great. Thank you. Let's go to Kathleen, who's calling in from Syracuse, New York. Kathleen, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. I really enjoy your program. Um, Thank you. The Lord laid on my heart, I need to call in. Um, this was a big step in my spiritual growth to learn about forgiveness. Um, 
I my sister, my youngest sister was engaged to be married, and I had a falling out with her boyfriend. And um, my mode of operandi was always when I was angry with someone to just get quiet and just ignore them completely and never talk to them. So up until the day of the wedding, I wasn't speaking to him at all. But I was always there for my sister and did little things for their wedding to prepare and that. Um, but when all through their nuptial mass and everything, I I kept being t- prompted, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, you know, you need to forgive because he is going to become your brother. Today is the day he's marrying your sister. And our family was always taught, you know, to love one another. And we accept anyone coming into the family, uh, marrying one of the kids, you know, that they're they're just part of the family. Forget the in-law part. They're just, now he's going to be my brother. And I thought, this is a horrible way to start their marriage. And I don't, you know, I don't want him going into that. So, but I didn't know how to do it. My pride got ahead of me. So anyway, I was, we were at the reception. And at some point I said, all right, Lord, if you make a way, give me the words to say, if you make a way, whatever you want, you want me to forgive him, I'll forgive him. So my sister had gone into the ladies' room with a bunch of the girls to fix her dress for their dancing and all that. And he was left standing there, like, on the floor all by himself. I said, Mm hmm, "Hmm, this looks like the opportunity. So I got up from my table. I walked over. I put my hand out to shake his hand, and I said, Paul, his name was Paul David. I said, Paul, I want to bury the hatchet here now, right now, it doesn't matter who is right, doesn't matter who is wrong. But I said, now you've married my sister. And I said, you've become part of our family. And I've gained a brother. And I I tear up every time I tell this story. Um, And I said, I want to just say I'm sorry. And I want to bury the hatchet right here and now. And he grabbed me, he put his arms around me, the two of us hugged each other. And I said to him, and I didn't even get you a card or a gift. And he goes, mm. this is the best wedding present you could have ever given me. Mm. And the two of us stood there mm. crying in each other's arms. And, uh. you know, they were married for 11 years, and then he died. And they said it was a suicide. I'm not really sure. But after 11 years, they have two small children. But, you know, he's still like, I lost a brother all those years ago. But I'm so glad I did that. I'm so I'm so glad I did that that day. Wow. Wow. Terry, that, or Kathleen, that's a, just a powerful story. What would you say to someone that, that, that's kind of facing a similar difficulty with a family member? Um, what, what do you think well, was I the, have talked to the, 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 the catalyst there? It, it lifts the burden off of you completely. It doesn't correct whatever happened. And to this day, I think the Lord just wiped it all from my mind. I don't even know what we were upset about. Honestly, I don't remember what the whole climax of why I got mad at him. But I I have a friend who can't seem to reconcile with her mom because she deserted them years ago. I said, you've got to, you've got to forgive her. She goes, I'm trying, but I just can't. I don't care anymore. I said, you have to for yourself. Not that it changes whatever she did, but you don't know. You didn't walk in her shoes. You know, you, you just have to humble yourself. It's pride that gets in the way of all of us. Mm. That's all I can say. It's pride. Yeah. It's very freeing, though, well, to, to do that. It's a beautiful thing. So I just really wanted to share that with other people. I hope it helps. It helped me tremendously. Absolutely. No, does. thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. For sure. Kathleen, Absolutely. thank you so much. It's just it's such a gift to hear about this. And and I was already thinking before you even said it that this is the best the best wedding present you could actually give him and yourself for that matter. Wow. Um, let's uh, actually, Father, if you don't mind, let's uh, let's take one more. Let's squeeze one more call in here. Kath, let's go from Kathleen calling in from New York to Monica, who is calling in from Illinois. Monica, welcome to the Inner Life. Hey, how are you guys? Doing well. Um, well, I guess I'm just calling to share my mini story and the power of forgiveness. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, I fell away from the church and just fell away from the teaching. Um, I met my kid's father. We managed to have three kids, and he literally up and left me and my children for another woman. And for years and years, I went through the greatest of depressions. I had so much anger towards him. And when I started to return back to the church, my best friend suggested that I go to confession so that I was able to uh, receive communion. And so I did go to confession and let out years and years worth of sin. And um, all in all, basically, I was I saw my kid's father a couple months ago. Um, because he's trying to get back into my kids' lives. And I was actually, when he apologized for the wrongs that he did towards me, because he was very abusive towards me when we were together, and the wrongs that he did towards his children, such as not caring for them or financially helping me support them, um, I was actually able to, with a full and loving heart, tell him like I forgave him I I mean I have been sober for four years um since I've returned back to the church or since I started my journey seeking Christ and I was actually able yeah with a full heart and lovingly tell him you know what I forgive you I forgive you for everything everything that you did just everything like I can't live in animosity Jesus Christ was able to forgive me of all of my wrongs, and he knows what I've done. And so I have to, in return, be able to forgive you for all the wrongs that you caused in my family. And it just, when I was able to tell him those words, it was the most liberating feeling of earth because it's like all anger, all animosity, everything was just gone. And since then, I've just been able to communicate with him better. Um, I'm not angry towards him. And it just goes to show the power of one, forgiving somebody, but two, recognizing that you know what? Jesus Christ forgave me. So that means I'm able to forgive everyone else. I'm sorry, Monica. We're going to have so, to jump yeah. in there because we only have a little bit of less than a minute here left. And, Father, um, great stories, I know. Thank you so much for being with us. Could you give us your blessing, please? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. We gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, 
Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Hurley has been our spiritual director today as we talked about the Sunday's Gospel of Forgiveness. Yeah, let forgiveness work in your life. What great stories. I knew we could get uh, more than an hour out of this show. Unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. Thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life. Thank you for joining me in the opportunity to host the show in Chuck's absence. Stay tuned for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass coming from the Chapel of the Nativity. God bless. Day 4, Mother of Christ, pray for us. The first three titles of Our Lady in the litany begin with the word holy, and now the second section is 14 titles of Our Lady that start with mother. And three of these titles are relatively new to the litany, two of them just added by Pope Francis a few months ago. The litany of Our Lady is also known as the Litany of Loreto, a small town on the Adriatic coast in Italy where a major shrine to Our Blessed Mother is located, housing the house of Our Lady from Nazareth, where the Annunciation took place. By angelic intervention, that holy house was moved to Loreto in the 13th century to protect it from the violence of the Crusades. This litany of Our Lady has been prayed there since at least 1531. Today's title, Mother of Christ, tells us just how important Mary is in the whole history of salvation. Mother of Christ, pray for the needs of our church and the nation. Receive these free daily messages by signing up at relevantradio.com slash novena.